You're listening to the Supertalk podcast, produced by the Australian Institute of Superannuation Trustees, shaping profit to member super. Hello and welcome to Supertalk. My name is Tyrell Mills and today we are looking at good health and well-being considerations that funds need to be across when processing members' insurance claims. AIST recently held its annual Super Insurance Symposium where, amongst other sessions, we looked at wellness considerations for insurance claims. Simony Fox, Head of Shared Value Partnerships at AIA Australia was on that panel and we have her with us here today to get her thoughts on the importance of engaging members on their health and well-being, uh, as well as the need for injecting empathy into our financial services and what some of the silver linings of the COVID-19 pandemic have been. So, Simony, you were on our wellness panel at the Insurance Symposium recently. How did you find it? Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was a really great discussion uh, looking holistically at all the issues that are relevant um, in regards to well-being and, and wellness during this pandemic and the claims environment. It was good. Absolutely. So, des- definitely this year, pretty important engaging people on their health and well-being. Uh, what, why has it so being so important at the moment? Well, I think um, life for Australians in general at the moment is really challenging and we know that when someone is on a claim, um, you know, that they're more vulnerable. So I think we have a really good opportunity to support a very vulnerable population of people. Uh, We need to intervene early and provide them with additional support so that their mental health doesn't deteriorate significantly, um, which obviously in turn will mean that they're slower to return to work and life. And we also have a really great opportunity to work upstream and to prevent people from becoming well in the first place. And what impact does that have on their overall uh, insurance claims experience? Well, if people if people come on claim and um, they're struggling more than usual psychologically, we know that they will tend to withdraw more from people, which of course in a COVID world tends to happen anyway. Um, and once that tends to start happening, it's really difficult to engage people to want to be able to um, connect in rehab programs and think about returning to work. So we know that that claims duration will blow out and um, yeah I think we really need to be remembering that the psychological health of all Australians is so significant right now so we've got to be extremely proactive in the way that we manage those claims. And what kind of projects has AIA Vitality undertaken this year to improve people's well-being in a, in a, a very tough year for physical and mental health? Yeah, so we changed our program quite significantly. So during the nationwide lockdowns and in recent times in Victoria's lockdown, uh, we've increased the number of points that you can earn while exercising. So this was a response to the fact that we saw a 25% reduction in the number of people who were completing a minimum of 7,500 steps a day as a result of working at home and, and not going out. And that was a a real warning sign for us because we know that Vitality members that engage in physical activity are 51% more likely to report an improved mental wellbeing and decreased stress. 
And in a COVID world, it is really, really stressful. So we want to be ensuring that people are more active than they are normally because we need more protective behaviours to keep people well. So it was really important to improve the amount of activity that members were engaging with. So we upped those um, points and we also commenced Vitality at Home. So previously you would work out at the gym, um, but obviously you couldn't go into a gym environment in a lockdown or people may not feel confident um, even in the states that are safer in relation to COVID right now. Um, gyms are an environment where, you know, there has been some COVID spread. So you can then do your um, workouts at home, which has been fantastic. We've had uh, points in place for some time for sleep and sleep is really important. I, there's been a lot of discussion, I think, about the way that people People are sleeping in COVID and having dreams and so on. So we provided some education around the importance of getting seven hours of sleep. And we've also introduced points for mindfulness. So we're encouraging people to undertake mindfulness activities and, and, and awarding points for that, which is a new thing. And also providing points for healthy eating. So if you watch the videos in Vitality at Home, with there's some videos about um, some healthy recipes and so on, and then go and cook them, then you get some points there. So we've expanded that point offering and really looked at it from a holistic perspective to look after people's well-being. You mentioned there the 25% drop in uh, people's sort of daily step count. Uh, how, how important has data been for you guys this year? Just sort of thinking about that, what what processes do you have in place to, I suppose, collect it and, and how has it been informing the way that you've gone about, uh, I suppose, uh, addressing some of the health and well-being issues this year? Yeah, um, that, that's a really good point. Um, the data is always really important for us. Um, we are extremely data-driven and Vitality provides a lot of data points. Um, we gather data so customers will engage in activities throughout um, their journey through, through Vitality and we've been able to analyse how that data has changed during the pandemic. So one example is that um, we've seen a 16% um, increase in the amount of anxiety that people have experienced. Um, we've seen um, in relation to uh, stress at home, we saw a 94% increase in regards to the stress that people experience just by look, looking after the home and um, caring for children. And we saw a 50% increase in the amount of stress that people have experienced in regards to work. So we have been had a whole lot of data points that we've gathered information on and we've actually released a report looking at the changes in vitality and um, you know we, it helps us to gauge how the Australian population is faring and what we need to do to support our customers to remain healthy so that we don't see them become unwell into the future. Just on the data and I suppose more tech kind of stuff um, this year obviously a lot of uh, things moving into the digital and virtual spaces. What sort of improvements have you seen in telehealth this year? Yeah, so telehealth has um, telehealth's been around for a long time and it's been something that we have been actively trying to uh, engage in 
a lot of our services at AIA have been telehealth for years. So we've got a number of wellbeing programs um, that are health coaching programs. We have our mind coach program, pain coaching and cancer aid coach program. They've all been telehealth programs for years and they operate over um, both the phone and a tablet platform. Um, but what's been really exciting for us is the shift in the health system. So we can't pay for treatment. We can pay for health coaching and we can pay for exercise programs and rehab. But it's illegal for a life insurer to actually pay for um, uh, treatment per se. But what's really exciting for us is the government's embraced telehealth this year uh, because they've really needed to, which is really great because we often will see people who live regionally, for example, will struggle to access psychological treatment. And now they are able to do that through telehealth. And the government's just increased the number of mental health care plan um, sessions you can have up to 20. So that, that access for psychological support is now better than has ever been in Australia, which is a really beautiful COVID silver lining and one that I'm really hopeful that we might be able to retain. Um, our, rehabs, our rehab programs, which were previously face-to-face, -face, we've had to pivot and make them all um, telehealth, um, which in some ways is a little frustrating because it's always nicer meeting with someone face-to-face. -face. But I think as we're getting better at working in a telehealth environment, we're finding ways to still engage the customer. And again, another silver lining is coming out of this because when we're spending money on services on a claim, we always try to make sure that we're not spending a lot of money because that obviously increased the product price. So you want to keep the product sustainable. And by offering services through telehealth, that means that we can actually keep the cost of rehab down overall because you're not having to pay for travel. So I, I think we're I think the occupational rehabilitation industry is has really embraced telehealth well. And um, again and I think that's an area which some um, real improvements are going to come out of in the way that we offer services to customers into the future when we're out of COVID world. There's always going to be times when you will meet face-to-face, -face, but you don't always have to meet face-to-face. -face. So I, I think we'll have a blended service moving into the future, which will be more cost-effective. Thanks for the insights there. Uh, you're right. I love what you said there about the, the silver lining to COVID. I think digital spaces have definitely been that silver lining in the way that we've kind of uh, uh, seized on them and, and used them as a really important tool. So it's great to get that insight onto how it's worked in the insurance and the health area. Uh, you mentioned something in there, the Mind Coach program. You also discussed that at the insurance symposium. Can you give me a bit of an insight into what, what the Mind Coach program is? Yeah, sure. So um, our Mind Coach program is essentially a health coaching program for people with depression or anxiety. And that can be either a primary claim condition. So someone comes on claim with depression or anxiety or they're on claim and with another condition. And as a result of being unwell for a long period of time, they've developed a secondary mental health condition. So it's a program that's delivered via telehealth. And it is seven sessions working with a health coach that will help the customer to address the things in their life that are really overwhelming them. Um, by using cognitive behavioral therapy coaching principles. So they'll look at what's overwhelming them, look at strategies to manage those issues that are really daunting at that time, go away and work on the strategies, come back the next time and see how 
how they're managing them. So it's um, it's a little bit like uh, having a good friend who's really practical to talk to to help you, but without burdening your family and your friends. And people who live with depression or anxiety often really have a sense that they're putting pressure on those around them. So it, it's a program that uh, puts no pressure on their family and will step them into the healthcare system. So what we see often is our customers are going to their GP and they're being prescribed an antidepressant, but they're not necessarily getting evidence-based talking therapy. So if, if it's identified that they aren't getting that treatment, then they can help, the, the mind coach helps to connect that customer into the Medicare system to access a mental health care plan and to seek treatment through the Medicare system. Um, it's a program that's had really strong results for us. We've managed to move, we, we run a K-10 assessment, which is a psychological distress assessment at the beginning of the program and at the end of the program. And we've managed to move more than half of the people out of the severely distressed state into uh, a, a well state. And um, yeah, we're getting really strong outcomes in that, in that space. The other thing that's good about it is because it's over the phone and by telehealth, it's not very threatening. So previously, we would contact in, um, our members and see if they wanted to engage in our Restore program, which is a restorative program for people with mental health um, conditions. But sometimes that can seem a little bit overwhelming because it's face-to-face -face and they're quite unwell and the very nature of depression and anxiety is to withdraw. But just doing a program that's a few sessions over the phone is a lot less daunting. So our take-up's been really high and, and in COVID we've actually seen a 60% increase in that program and we're getting 30% of those people through to comprehensive rehab programs, which means we're helping those people back to enjoying their life and back to work again. Uh, just finally, I'll ask you uh, a little bit around the considerations for super funds on focusing on supporting members in, in a second. But firstly, what, what do you think is the key to injecting empathy into financial services such as insurance? I mean, it's clearly uh, a, a big part of what you guys do at AIA. So it'd be great to get your thoughts on on that empathy question. Yeah, um, I think we... I think we really need to recognise how vulnerable our customers are. And COVID, for me, I think, when I look at it, I think it's been a real leveller. I think we've all experienced some hardship in different ways, but we've all experienced that social disconnection and um, some hardship in our lives. And I, I think that's a good opportunity for us to think about what it's like for someone to be on claim, because the circumstances that we're now living through are the circumstances that our customers are living through. We really need to always listen to our customer and to reflect um, that we understand how hard their circumstances are and demonstrate that we're there to make a difference. Um, we need to do what we say we're going to do so we don't add any additional stress because if we do, then it doesn't appear that we're being very empathic because it's almost like we don't get where they're at. So we need to do what we're going to do in the time frame that we're going to do and explain that process to them. And we need to be really listening to the cues that the customer isn't coping. And when we hear the slightest cue, dig into that and um, explore that with them and, and see where they're at um, and be looking for solutions to support them. I think that customers on claim are trusting us at the hardest time in their lives. And as an industry, we have an enormous responsibility to support these customers and to remember that in every interaction that we have with them, 
we can in fact make a difference in their lives and not just pay the claim. So we have a fabulous opportunity to help these people to recover and the simplest things can actually help them to do so. And and a lot of that is just really listening, demonstrating that we understand what they're going through, validating their, their experiences um, for them. And that simple demonstration of showing warmth and compassion can make a huge difference in how that individual feels. It can help with their recovery, but it can also help um, build that relationship with their claims manager to get a stronger outcome. And, you know, people with a mental health condition are more likely to get upset with us because they're not coping. And I think we need to be extremely understanding of where they're at and really forgiving and professional when they're like that. And and enough, when that situation arises, you know, it's a hard situation when you've got someone yelling at you, but if you can be really kind and patient and supportive, that is going to build an amazing bridge for you to work with them moving forward and to help them in, in, with their recovery and with their claims journey. Do you have any other considerations that super funds need to be focusing on to support members' mental health uh, during the claims process? Yeah, I- the only thing that um, that I would add is that we need to remember that when you're living with a mental health condition, it does actually impact your cognitive function. So we need to simplify the claims process. So when a customer calls their super fund, it needs to be really simple and easy for them to engage with. And the process needs to, we need to be supporting that customer and looking for ways to help them. Filling in paperwork when you're not sleeping and when you're feeling completely overwhelmed and you're desperate for money and your mental health's really poor is extremely challenging. So that's the only thing I would say, in addition to being really empathic, that we look for ways to make that claims journey as easy and painless as possible so that that customer is truly feeling supported and is able to get the help that they need earlier. That's all for this edition of the Super Talk podcast. A very big thank you to Simony Fox and all at AIA Australia for their help in putting together today's episode. You can find Simony's session on wellness at the Super Insurance Symposium on the AIST website, aist.asn.au. Until next time, bye for now.